What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Posbon, and you are listening to part two of episode 14 of VGM Generation. With me, as always, is Aaron Belauchuk. Hello! <laughs> For Mario Day and Jorn Walensky. <laughs> and in this series of episodes, we are talking about Zelda. It's Zelda month. Everyone's still playing Breath of the Wild. Everybody's still loving it. Uh, but it is also Mario Day, March 10, MAR10, Mario Day. So, yeah. if you didn't know. When we're recording, you're not going to hear this. That's on a it. weird stretch, everybody. Nintendo officially posted something. <laughs> yeah, on their, well, that's on their the thing. Yeah. Social media accounts yeah. are all Mario right now. Nintendo so. says it's true, and I love Nintendo, so I believe them. <laughs> Who am um, I to argue if my milk says Mario on it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. But um, yeah, so we are talking about Zelda all month long uh, because we're obsessed with Breath of the Wild, just like everybody else's. And uh, it is Jordan's turn to go first. So, Jordan, what do you have for us? Yeah, this week? so we're pretty much talking about anything that's not Breath of the Wild related yes. to Zelda. Yes. So I'm going to talk about uh, the Zelda game that came out on uh, PS3 because everybody knows that that game, right? Mm. Zelda on PS3. Um, I know what game you're talking about. I'm not know. sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this game is called 3D Dot Game Heroes, and uh, kind of a hidden gem. I don't know. It was it was on my radar when it first came out, but. Seems like a lot of people don't really know this game. So if you haven't, join us on this adventure. The game was uh, released in 2009 and uh, developed by Silicon Studio, published by Atlas, and it was, I believe, exclusive to the PS3. Now this game is, as as people online are calling it, unapolog unapologetically a love letter to the Legend of Zelda series. Okay, It's a 3D pixel art game that is based off the first Zelda game. You could, or voxels, you could say, as we say in the industry. Voxels. Voxels. 3D uh, pixels. 3D <laughs> pixels, okay. Yeah, that's a better way if you're uh, hip to the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> the game, so it's a 3D game, but it starts off as a 2D game. So to explain that, I want to go over the story real quick and explain how it fits into the Zelda universe. So the game starts off 2D pixel-based, um, as legend has it, there was a great hero who defeated the dark King Onyx and trapped him inside a sacred light orb that was thanks to the help of six guardian sages. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a ripoff. It's cribbed from, you it, know, it sounds done. familiar, yeah, right? Pretty much. <clears throat> so it's like the student who doesn't do the, the book, yeah. the reading, but just reads the, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, the Cole's, Cole's notes. notes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so after the great, legendary hero slays the dark king uh the entire kingdom of dotnia as it's called i guess this game's version of hyrule um sees an influx of tourists because everyone wants to come meet the big hero so because the hero just you know he he trapped the king the evil king i should say and pretty much saved the kingdom of dotnia there really isn't much else going on in the land so it becomes boring and after a while all the tourists they leave Therefore, Dania becomes quite boring. The king declares, you know, nobody's coming to visit us anymore. So out with 2D, I declare this the age of 3D. And then snap, the game turns into 3D because the king declared it. Mm. And so that's where the game starts, picks up. Uh, everything goes 3D and the game begins. You start off by picking your character. Now there's, there's an, a neat little process to this. There's, um, there's a good 30, 40, 50 different characters that are pre-made you can choose from. But there's also um, a, a character editor screen where you can make your own pixel-based character. And so the first time I ever played this game, I created Link from the original Zelda. And I just thought it was fitting <laughs> because I'm playing a Zelda ripoff game. <laughs> so my first playthrough was as Link. Now, can I, can I jump in for a second Go about for the character it. creator in this? Because I... Uh, I remember that's what I, I wanted to do this. I wanted to create a character, but I didn't go with Link specifically. I was picking a character based on a character from a Final Fantasy game. Yep. And so I was trying to recreate him in 3D, and the editor in the 3D Doc Game Heroes is so hard to use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's I a, spent hours, hours trying to make this before getting super frustrated and just totally giving up. Well, it's a sprite editor in 3D space. Yeah. So it's tough. It's it tough is. to get, which is why a lot of people go with the um, 
the pre-made characters or they follow a guide online on yeah. how to make their characters. God, I could have used a guide. Because I think when I made Link the first time, I noticed like by the time you get to the end, you realize the proportions are a bit off and it's near impossible to adjust them. See, and to do it today, you could just buy the awesome 8-bit Link Amiibo yeah. and use that as a template because it's basically the exact same thing. And when I bought that Amiibo, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, this looks like the 3D.GameHeroes version of Link. <laughs> so you, you make your character... And then you take them in the game. You play. Uh, the game starts with what? Like, how does every Legend of Zelda game start? You wake up. You wake up in bed. You wake up somewhere. So does this game. So you wake up. The king summons you. And you go to the castle to see the king's request. Is this the first day of 3D? This is the first day of 3D. Okay. You're, you're now playing yourself. You're no longer watching the intro story. Okay. Um, you, you go to the castle, the castle Dotnia, and you see the king. And he needs your help. The dark King Onyx has been set free from his sacred orb. And, and somehow he knows you're the chosen one. So he needs your help. He says, it's dangerous to be alone. Take this. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you don't know, that's the fir- almost the first line from the original Legend of Zelda. The old man says, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And he gives you your first weapon. Same thing in this game, except it's dangerous to be alone. Take this. And he gives you a wooden sword and off you go. So the tie-ins are strong. So let's listen to some music when we come back, talk a little bit more about how it ties into Zelda. This song is uh, called Go to the Wilderness. It's the desert area theme from 3D.GameHeroes. talking with this i do need to mention that i owned this game too once i actually don't like 3d dot game heroes and i'm a huge zelda fan and of course like jordan said this is like a game brimming with you know zelda homage i I find okay i'm not gonna try and talk you out of your opinion (laughs) but i find it hard to believe because i I just want to say before i go into more detail that this game doesn't try to be more than the original Zelda, it just tries to be that Zelda. Yeah. So it doesn't create a lot of new stuff. Yeah. In the end, though, I don't know if it was just that I found it kind of like I liked the style at first, but found the overall gameplay to be a little bit bland and boring. And I didn't like the way the weird sword mechanic worked in it. 
Yeah. Where you get this like increasingly large screen filling sword. Yeah. So you get different swords in the game and as you uh, level them up, they get bigger or stronger. They have special features like shooting projectiles. Mm. And what you're talking about, yeah, at some point you can get a sword that can literally take up the whole screen with one swipe. Oh, I, didn't so, know. I, I don't know anything about this to, game, so I'm just taking it all <laughs> in. That's why I'm so quiet. To, to, to me, I, I liked that feature, but okay, so yeah. continue. The, well, the best thing about the game, and I will give it credit for this, is that because of the weird voxel style, yeah. um, I actually liked when you ever you hit something with your sword and it blows up, it blows up into its individual voxels, yep. so they kind of like shatter and yep. spread around. Pixels and bouncing across the field. That was fun. And the other great thing about this game is that I actually traded it in for a copy of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> so that's what's at, good at about a, this game. <laughs> yeah, this is good about this game, is there was a big promotion at uh, Future Shop, which no longer exists now, but they were basically saying, you can bring in any game, doesn't matter what it is, and you can trade it for one of like these hot new titles. It was like... Um, it was like uh, Call of Duty, Ghost Recon. There was Black Flag and all these other yeah. really like current had just come out games, and you could trade any old title. Didn't matter. I remember when you did that. Yeah, I remember because <laughs> I like I learned about it too late, and you were like, "Oh no, I did it," and yeah. I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> I, and I stood in line, and we gamed the system. I brought my wife along with me, so we could I could do two games instead of just one, and I ended up trading in Smart Portal Two, which I already had multiple copies of, and. 3D Dot Game Heroes, uh, which I was very sour about. That's too bad. This is the only game in my PS3 collection that I've actually bought in twice <laughs> because I lent it to a friend and I don't think I'm getting it back. So I bought <laughs> the game again. Maybe you lent it to me and I traded no, it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That actually, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Um, so, well, you know, take, like, take it for what it's worth. Like watch, well, I guess watch the trailers. I, uh, to me, it's, it's the original Zelda. It's not much more than that. It has a little more spit polish on it. Um, but, uh, let's, so a few more details about the, the tie-ins to Zelda. There's like, this game has its own equivalent to, like I said, Hyrule Castle. There's its own version of the Lost Woods, the Fairy Fountains, Death Mountain, all of those familiar Zelda locations are back. A lot of familiar characters. Um, you have a fairy assistant character that follows you around and guides you on your quest, which didn't happen in the first Zelda, but I think it's a staple of the Zelda series from the 3D era. Um, the six guardian sages I mentioned, much like you know Ocarina of Time. Some of the weapons you get, bombs, boomerangs, hookshot, bow and arrow, you know, ripped right out of Zelda. <laughs> Uh, the, the, some of the bad guys, you know, I don't know what their names are, but in Zelda, they're called Octoroks, Tektites. Mm -hmm. If you attack the chickens in 3D dot game heroes, guess what happens? You get a swarm of chickens that come after you. That's and try to kill like you. the legend of Zorda and been done with it. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's even, uh, in this game's version of the lost woods, uh, it's, there's even a maze section that if you turn the wrong way, you spit yourself back out at the start of the forest. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, a blatant ripoff of Zelda, but it's that was its intent from the very start. The game has a lot of humor in it, so I guess, you know, when you're just blatantly ripping something off like that and you have no shame, it's a <laughs> like you said, it's a love letter, right? Um, they're going to they're going to push the boundaries a little bit more like they um they reference a lot of other video games not just Zelda the the core game itself is pretty much Zelda but there's references to uh to other games i made a list here because the loading screens are just still images of the characters in the game but they're all posed and like based on covers of video game art so um <laughs> i'm trying to think of one in particular so i so the list here i have is is Dragon Quest Final Fantasy, Mega Man 2, the first Ninja Turtles game, Jaws, Tetris, Ultima, Castlevania, Chrono Trigger, Goonies 2, Wolfenstein, Punch-Out, and Street Fighter. And that's just to name a few because there's over 100 of these loading screens. Oh, wow. So if that's you... A, that's a cool thing to do with your loading screen. Oh, If totally. I'd seen the Goonies 2 one, I probably would have loved it a little more. That would have given it points. <laughs> you would have kept sure. the game. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> and, and a lot of it isn't like necessarily like they took... Um, they made Mega Man, but like the cover of Mega Man 2, like I don't know if you guys remember it. Mm. Like, can you describe it to me? It's got Quick Man on it, and he's doing a pose, and yeah. Mega Man is 
looking at him, and I think so, he's pointing his Mega Buster. Yes, yeah, so that, it's, it's pretty nondescript. Well, most actually. of the Mega Man covers are are pretty much like that. That's yeah. why I couldn't picture it in my head. But um, so it would be like a blue character made out of pixels, sort of posed the same way, and a fast character running like in the same pose, and like. They, you put the two covers side by side and it's like, okay, that wasn't a coincidence. Considering there's a hundred more coincidences, you know that this is the one. Like for the one for Ninja Turtles, there's um, four green knights and they all have uh, different weapons. And obviously, you know what the weapons mm. are, you know, yeah. and they're posed the <laughs> same awesome. as the cover. So like the game is filled with references. It's filled with old school love, but it has a modern-ish voxel art feel to it. So it's... Uh, if you're a fan of Zelda and you got a PS3, I, I say it's worth checking out for yeah. sure. Now, I don't know, maybe you said this already, but uh, who is responsible for this blatant ripoff? Um, I did say at the beginning it was Silicon Studio was Silicon the developer Studio. and Atlas was the publisher. Atlas, that's right. Because a- Atlas <clears throat> is usually behind a lot of like weird, one-off, unusual titles. A lot of titles. Japanese stuff, yeah. And yeah. a lot of stuff that turns out to be lesser known, like hidden gems, I so find like, speak. yeah, they're, they're like the... Uh, like the um, what is it called? Like a unknown hit or like a fan, like a cult, cult, kind yeah, cult of. classic. That's what I'm looking they for. Were like yeah. a, they're could like a, a cult classic publisher. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and you could be a collector of just Atlas titles. Right? Yeah. Cause and the, just play all sorts that, of weird, crazy stuff. Those yeah. are the ones that seem to come out in like fairly limited runs. And then they're really hard to find like down the road. I right? find when I'm yeah, collecting, sure. collecting games and I come across something weird and I'm not sure what it is. If I see Atlas's name on it, like, I tend this. to <laughs> lean towards getting it because I kind of know like they have that stamp of quality or that stamp of like kind of obscure weird. Oddity. Yeah, kind of yeah. thing, yeah. Instead of a stamp of quality, it's a stamp of oddity. Yeah. yeah. When, whenever I think of Atlas, what immediately comes to mind is the Trauma Center series. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is yes, Steph's bizarre. a huge fan. My girlfriend yeah. loves the Trauma Center. <laughs> the perform the magic touch or whatever it's yeah. called, the healing touch. Well, I love the games like when it starts out and you're doing like you're performing surgeries on accident victims and stuff yeah. like that, and it's all like normal stuff, and then it goes like. Crazy. Insane, yeah. yeah. It gets crazy. So. This guy was attacked by aliens. Yeah. So what the hell? <laughs> but uh, yeah. her her favorite thing was she loves the Wii one specifically, mm. or oh, the yeah. two that came out on Wii. And you New have blood, to, I think that was, yeah, yeah. And you have to like uh, suture them. Yeah. And instead of like trying to carefully like use it, she just like waggles the remote <laughs> and just, and then she gets like a perfect score. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, the great thing about the Wii one too is that not only did it use motion controls and pretty well, but it was also so co-op multiplayer. So you can yes, actually yeah, have two doctors, yeah, we, and that's why we played. Time, that's so. why we played it. So, Sounds like which great. is like the yeah. most dangerous thing in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine two surgeons like not communicating, yeah. just like going to town? Get your scalpels and just dig right in there yeah, two at right. a time. So mm. the only uh, thing, I don't I don't know anything about this game. I didn't play it. But the when you say Zelda ripoff, the thing that comes to mind is uh, Oceanhorn. I don't know if you heard about Oceanhorn, but it's basically a Wind Waker ripoff that came out uh, a little while ago. So. I think I know this because I think you sent me something on I this a while did, back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in the same way that is like almost exactly Wind Waker, but with just a palette swap. Yeah. That's like this game, except this game is in 3D versus 2D. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing I have to contribute to this discussion. What (laughs) was the name of the game again? Oceanhorn. Oceanhorn. Yeah. And people said like the people who, like it's a PlayStation game and uh, people who played it, I think it's on PC now too. It It is on PC. It was on my Steam wish list for a long time. Okay. And they said like, it's so Zelda, it's like, off-putting like it's so Zelda that the fact that it's not Zelda is like weird yeah. like, like the, weird, the fact that it's not Link and people aren't called like Zelda and Link and Ganon is like is feels odd there's almost this like line where you want it to be a yeah. copy but you kind of want it to have a bit of its own well, charm personality. and personality yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly well it's funny because it's like the uncanny valley of Zelda ripoffs we're talking about like <laughs> direct Zelda ripoffs which are like only a half step removed from being Zelda right yeah. but you think about the influence that Zelda's had on the industry and like many, many games borrow from Zelda without being so, you know, absolutely in your face. This is Zelda with a palette swap. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I saw a great tweet uh, that uh, came out and it was... I I know, I know the one. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Somebody tweeted out that like Breath of the Wild had a a lot of influence from Dark Souls Mm -hmm. just because of its like difficulty and stuff like that. And uh, and Dark Souls tweeted back at them and said like, I think we've all been boring from Nintendo (laughs) Sensei for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) So that was, I, I really like that tweet, so... All right, Aaron, it's your turn. What do you got for us this week? All right, I have a... Uh, well, first of all, I'll just say the game that I'm going to be talking about, which is the... what is I'm, I'm trying to determine. I always go back and forth on this. I want to call it my favorite Zelda game, but I'm not sure it's my favorite. I'm always going back and forth between Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, yeah. and this game, which is uh, Twilight you, Princess. I believe you said before on this podcast that two was your favorite, so... Yeah, and and that's, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> two is my favorite, Yeah, but I... Uh, 
Twilight always gets compared to Ocarina of Time, right? Yes. Because it's basically, yeah. what had happened was is that Ocarina of Time came out, everybody universally loved it. Wind Waker came out and had the new tune shaded style, and yeah. everyone was like, this is good, but what the hell? You know, we had our grown-up Link, and what happened? And Twilight Princess was almost the response to that, which is like, you wanted grown-up Link? Here's your grown-up Link. And Twilight Princess, in my personal opinion, is a better game than Ocarina of Time. And I know that's a controversial opinion. It is, yeah. But, you know, just because Ocarina of Time came first, it did a lot of innovations. It yeah. was very good. But I think that Twilight Princess is the natural evolution of that, where they basically took all of the systems and refined them and made the perfect version of Ocarina of Time. Well, I think in the same way, some people are saying that the new Zelda is one of the best, if yeah. not the best. I, I agree that it, it evolved, but Ocarina of Time was groundbreaking. Yes, that's true. But I, the thing is, I'm not of the sort to say that just because this one was first makes it best. You know? Yeah, it, but it's, it, it's, yeah. T- it's a yeah. tough argument, right? Because yeah. it's, it's, I agree with you yeah. that just because it became, it came first doesn't necess- like immediately make it better, but it's a hard argument in that could you have had the second one without the first? No, exactly. You couldn't have, but that so, doesn't, that doesn't make it better. And that's yeah. the thing. And that's about just iterative, I think we're iterative most, process, right? Like you yeah. stand on the shoulders of what came before to make something better, to yeah. improve on it. Mm-hmm. And I think Ocarina of Time is obviously viewed through the lens of nostalgia very, very, very heavily, yeah, right? Exactly. So in your head, it's probably better than you think. And I don't think Twilight Princess has that. I know. feel like Ocarina was one of the biggest leaps in the series. Oh. Not just because it went to 3D, but what it was capable of doing storytelling-wise, yeah. mechanic-wise. In gaming. Granted, yeah. granted, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember actually, I remember the day I bought an N64, and it, the re- my reasoning behind it, and I was trying to talk my brother into buying it, and we were playing Mario, and my first thought was, imagine this, but with a sword. That's what Zelda is going to eventually be like. And yeah. we didn't know, like... There was, was no, there was no announcement for <laughs> yeah. Zelda. Yeah. But I, that was my first thought is like running around in that 3D space and I'm like, all right, this is awesome, but make like picture Mario with a sword and like fighting knights and stuff and so that's crazy. what Zelda yeah. will be. Um, the they only thing I'll say about the uh, Twilight Princess Ocarina fight is that I think where most people would fight you on that uh, would be the wolf. People, a lot of people didn't like the wolf section <laughs> of Twilight Princess. What? So. The wolf was great. The wolf had one problem and I'll tell you what that problem is, is that... As you were running around the environment, they didn't give you a oh, yeah. dedicated <laughs> button to howl anytime you wanted. Yeah, and so that's I, all I it needed. I remember you t- <laughs> saying this I've heard, heard this complaint <laughs> Me too. Yeah. all the time. <laughs> that's, that's my one complaint about that's the hilarious. wolf is that like I, if I'm running across the moonlit landscape and I crest a hill and I'm standing there overlooking like a lake, I want to push a button and howl for no you reason You want it to be all. like the Assassin's Creed, like the synchronized where it like... Does pulls the camera back and does the nice pan around you while you howl it with a big swell of music. Well, yeah. they did it in the intro well, of Twilight Princess. He exactly. gets on the cliff and he howls. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that all the time. Yeah. Just for no reason. You don't have to put it in there. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it doesn't have to be a gameplay mechanic. It's just a kiss. It's just like how in the Boy and the Blob remake, you can just, you can hug the blob, blob whenever at any you time, want. Yeah. <laughs> and there's didn't, no point to it. Didn't it's you say awesome. in, uh, I know I always bring this game up and it's funny because I know you hate it, but the spirit tracks, you can... Blow you the horn at any time, right? Yeah, that best, was you said was the best part yeah, of the game. Best part of Spirit Tracks, yeah. which is a garbage <laughs> game, by the way. I love bringing yeah. it up because every but time you talk about Zelda, I'm just going to bring it. it, it Spirit Tracks has Spirit two great tracks. things, and I'm sure I've mentioned this in the podcast. One is the music, the main theme. Yeah, awesome, great, fantastic, great, awesome, and then just blowing the whistle when you're riding down the tracks. Now, you know, I didn't like Spirit Tracks obviously because it was literally an on rails Zelda game, which totally breaks Zelda for me. Zelda is about getting exploration. out exploration, right? And Breath of the Wild is just an absolutely perfect, yeah. you know, and we'll talk about that more, of course, but Breath let's of the Wild. Re- let's reel you back let's in. Let's reel that back what in. What are you back talking about Twilight this week? Princess. I'm talking about <laughs> Twilight Princess. All right, which, very good. As, as, It would have been even funnier oh. if you were like, no, we're talking about Zelda too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, with Twilight Princess, a lot of people know that uh, Twilight Princess was originally conceived as a GameCube game. Yes. And then was adapted for the Wii to sell Wiis. You know, essentially. Much like Breath of the Wild. Much like Breath of the Wild, exactly. Yeah. And the, f- the weird thing about those two is that uh, Link has always traditionally been left-handed in all the games, but in the Wii version, because the majority of the population is right-handed and it was going to be like a right-handed waggle controlled swing your sword, they decided to make him right-handed, but yeah. it's too much mechanically to actually just go and change the character and do all that around. So what they did is they just mirrored the entire world. They mirrored and, the entire game. They mirrored the entire game. So it's just the whole game mirrored yeah. in order to make what was once a left-handed guy a right-handed, right-handed guy. guy. Yeah. It almost sounds like more work to change the whole game just because <laughs> to change his hand, but it was easier. Yeah. I, get, yeah. I wonder if they did it like as as 
crudely as doing it in like the output stage of the yeah. video. Well, it's <laughs> basically like it's all done and rendered, and then there's like just a last step thing where yeah, it's like that flip flips the, it, flip the mirror switch. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, it's it's not like Mario Kart Mirror Mode where all the textures are backwards and all the all the text and words backwards. are backwards. Yeah. I think they had to flip those back oh, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's true. Yeah, and both those versions are on the uh, more recent Wii U Twilight Princess HD remake, so you can actually play both of them on there. So there's a lot of so there's you, a lot of neat additions. You can play left-handed or right-handed, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, that's and cool. <laughs> when I went back and played it, I, I've never played the GameCube version. I wanted to play the uh, the left-handed version, play it Mirror Mode, but unfortunately. I played it like in hero mode. I wanted to play it on the hardest possible difficulty and you can't in hero mode play the GameCube version uh -huh. essentially. So I was unable to play. That's weird. Yeah, because I wanted to play. I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast, but like, you know, we've talked about how I love Dark Souls and I love punishment, right? Yeah. And oh, I always, no, we've talked about how you made it as hard as possible yeah, with the Amiibos. I exactly. think you've said it like three, four times. All right. So we'll, we'll skip <laughs> you over talk that. about it every week. You talked about it last week. Because yeah. I love I love Twilight Princess. Okay, getting moving on then. Okay. So developed by Nintendo EAD. And uh, the composers for this, um, you know, Koji Kondo is no longer the main composer on Zelda games. So we now have two composers named Toro Minigishi and Asuka Ota. And the year that Twilight Princess came out was originally 2006. And uh, what I'm talking about is, I, though I am talking about Twilight Princess, I'm actually talking about something a little bit different. There was a, a group online, and I think they were active for about 10 years, and they were called Zelda Reorchestrated. Now, have yep. I, either of you guys heard of Zelda? Zelda yeah, I actually just recently uh, found it online, but yeah. I think I think because they were putting out an LP or something like that. Well, they were active for a really, really long time, and their sort of mandate was to do reorchestrations, actual like symphonic reorchestrations of all the Zelda music. And they have, and I, I basically have their entire collection downloaded. And I will say this, like I love them, and I love what they're doing. The quality of the arrangements is a little hit and miss. It's, it was never like... Yeah, some, some are, are really better good, than others. Some are really yeah. not. Some are very like feels very sample heavy. Some of them feel like actual orchestral arrangements. So it jumps around, but it's really nice because they cover pretty much all of the games and it's great to go back and listen to like a lot of your favorite tracks from any given game as a reorchestration. Now, I think it was either in like 2010 or 11, they decided to um, do a project called um, Twilight Symphony. And what that was is they were, because I think, I personally think that the Twilight Symphony, the Twilight Princess soundtrack is really underappreciated. It's not really something that people talk about a lot, but it had a fantastic soundtrack overall. I have about like three or four different versions of it alone. Yeah. But uh, was there a lot of like original stuff or was it mostly like, you know, much like Zelda always does like is take the old. Yeah, re rearrangements I mostly. Think no, I think it was mostly original, but like I a guess, lot of things, yeah, it I'm had trying, sort I'm of think, I'm trying to hear it in my head, right? Yeah. yeah. But it, of course, it borrowed motifs. Yeah. Like you'll hear a snippet of the classic Legend of Zelda theme. And you'll hear a snippet of the Kakariko Village kind of theme. Yeah. But the arrangements were essentially like all new and original in their own way. And I'm a huge fan of that soundtrack just in general. But the Twilight Symphony project was Zelda reorchestrated. They wanted to basically take everything rearrange it professionally, record it in a professional studio, and release it as like this three-disc album, like an actual physical album with all of this beautiful music. It's like three and a half hours of original, original orchestrations, original arrangements, and they even had a Kickstarter campaign to raise the funds to hire a full orchestra so they could do all the vocal stuff, because if people do remember the Twilight Princess soundtrack, it was very heavy, heavy on like vocal orchestration. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, so they actually were successful in that. They produced all of this music. And I, here's the weird thing. is like Zelda Reorchestrated doesn't really exist much anymore. I think they have a Facebook page. Their web page is managed by somebody else. It's like just a mirror. They've basically been wiped off the face of the earth. And I was trying to do a little bit of research on, on Twilight Symphony, but it's almost like it's been scrubbed clean from the internet in a way. It is hard to find information on it. You can still mm. find like the music's out there. You can find it on YouTube. Did you go to like the like internet archive and stuff like that and try and find I, some I stuff? I didn't go that far back, okay. but what I was actually trying to find out is that when they were making the uh, the album, they uh, they were doing like a limited edition 500 copy run of the physical version of the album, and yep. it was beautiful. Like, like it was, CDs? Yeah, CDs. It was a box set that came with like original artwork, it had like a little Triforce window on the front, and like it had uh, this, like the whole thing, you take it out and it unfolds into this huge Zelda mural from Twilight Princess. It was really a beautiful collection and it had a, like this supplementary art book and all of this stuff. Very and they cool. were going to do 500 copies of this. Now, um, people had done their pre-orders, they put down their money 
And uh, I guess they're having some difficulty in publishing. And at some point, I, w- I was trying to find out if Nintendo shut the whole thing down. But it appears that at some point, Nintendo actually got on board and started hmm. to help them with this project, Oh, cool. Even though this is a fan project. Yeah, this that's is, rare this for is, Nintendo yeah, to jump in and help. Totally. And apparently Nintendo jumped in. There may have been some disagreement somewhere after that because... I can find no, I looked on like sale sites, Ebay's, Amazon's. I couldn't find anyone selling this. Maybe I they couldn't got find on, anyone talking about this. Maybe they got on board and started trying to steer the ship a little bit. It's, it almost sounds like they did. It sounds yeah. like there was some disagreement over like distribution or something like that. And I can't find any copies of this in the wild. Weird thing is, like I said, it almost felt like it was scrubbed clean and maybe this release never happened. Yeah, yet, that's what I'm wondering, yeah. Yeah, yet I found today a, an unboxing video of the physical album on YouTube. Oh, so somebody, somebody got it. Somebody At least one got person one. got one. <laughs> yeah, but it's just weird. One person did an unboxing video, yet I cannot find a single reference to anybody else who owns this thing or anything hmm. like that. Like, was this? I guess five hundred's not that many, no, but you really would think not. you'd find more than one thing online about it. Exactly, and you'd almost expect that somebody, uh, you know, somebody who owned it would sell it. It's probably worth a ridiculous ton of money. If there's anything that I would love to have in my collection, yeah, it would be a copy of. That was uh, my next question. Did you get one? Well, but I guess yeah. not. Yeah. I did not. Even though this was a project that I was following from the earliest days, when I heard this was something they were doing, I was I was following it. Did and you just not jump on the Kickstarter? I, I, you know what? I, get, I didn't really jump on the Kickstarter. Like, I was paying attention to the Kickstarter. I understand once, Kickstarter hesitation. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I didn't jump on the Kickstarter. I was just sort of like vaguely aware of it. But I guess I didn't really know. I knew that they were making this project, but I guess I didn't really know or wasn't really paying attention enough to know about the physical copy. I didn't know that was something they were doing at first. Oh, okay. But uh, the digital, like, they, they finished the project and the digital versions actually were released and you can still find them online. I mean, you can actually listen to them on YouTube. It's weird because not a lot of people tend to talk about it, and it's not really all that well known. And people even mention online, you'll go to like posts on Reddit, and people are like, why isn't anyone talking about this? Like, this is important. We should Can- be talking about the quality of this. Because like I said, it was hit and miss on Zelda Reorchestrated stuff, but Twilight Symphony is a masterpiece. So you can find the whole That's thing awesome. on, online, though, still? Even yes. though you're talking physical copies. Yes, but- you can find the digital, digital copy. And of course, they were originally planning on releasing it digitally through their, their website partner. I can't remember who they're called. And on iTunes, they actually had plans for an iTunes release as well. No mention of it on iTunes. Mm. The Zelda, the Twilight Princess website, if you go to it now, returns a 404 page. If you go to the Zelda Reorchestrated webpage, it's basically just a mirror of the old page and the team is pretty much gone. The record company that was doing the distribution no longer exists. And the president and CEO have been murdered. It sounds like it. Because all of the official websites that were associated with this are Are gone. gone. Just like absolutely gone. But That's a, it's <laughs> like a creepypasta story. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I, I feel really bad. I would love to just talk to the guys who are behind this project. And uh, I wonder if, uh, I don't know, reaching out through Reddit, like the Zelda subreddit or something like that, just reach out and see if anyone, like that guy, the guy might, you know, still be on that subreddit and be like, does anyone know anything about this or anyone involved with it? Like, Yeah, and this was a genesis of another project, I think from the same people, like uh, Metroid Reorchestrated and Pokemon Reorchestrated, where they okay. actually did reorchestrated versions of other games as well. Yeah. But I think it almost feels like Zelda Reorchestrated sort of worked its way up to this almost professional level where they did Twilight Symphony. They got like super big. This was their magnum opus. And at some point it just imploded and disappeared. Hmm. So Crazy. I, I want to get the word out there. Like I said, you can go on YouTube and you can listen to all this stuff. And I recommend it. And the track I picked is actually a track called Hidden Village. And uh, again, if you are familiar with Twilight Princess, you probably know the Hidden Village segment of the game. Yep. Oh, yep. 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 And I really like that segment of the game specifically because the village is hidden. You actually have to like bomb a rock to get there. You don't really bomb it. I think you actually have to get a Goron to uh, open it for you. Yeah, I think I know why you like it, but go on. Yeah, you'll, well, I or know why you think I, I okay, like it. Oh, and that's not why. But there's a, reason, okay. a different reason that I like it is that when you first show up, it's basically presented like an old spaghetti western town. Yeah. And that's actually the reason I like it. Okay. It's because it's a spaghetti western town. Not- you, you roll into town and it's dusty and there's tumbleweeds. And like the signs all hanging down, yeah. it's a bit run down. <laughs> and the music kicks in. And I don't know if you guys know who Ennio, Mor- Ennio Morricone is. Yeah. Yep. The guy who did like all the good, the bad, and the ugly kind of stuff. I think everyone's heard the, uh, what's the, uh, something of gold or whatever. Well, I. What's the big. Well, I mean, he, he did like the music, I think, on the Fistful of Dollars trilogy. And yeah. like specifically good, the bad, and the ugly, which everybody yeah. is, has heard, right? So, um, and this music, this Western music suddenly kicks in. And it's so different than anything else in the game. It got this crazy Ennio Morricone twang and Western, and you roll into town, and your ob- objective is to like 
rid the town of all these like uh, it's moblins or bokoblins or some enemy and you, you actually have to use your bow and arrow. It's like gunfight at the OK Corral yeah. in yeah. this place <laughs> and you have to wipe out all these bokoblins to like save the last remaining inhabitant of this town. And I just loved the whole sequence, the tone of it, the music, fantastic. Yeah. Now, I know the reason why you think I like it. And that is? Which is after you clear out the town, there's a second quest that actually kind of happens in this town. Yeah. And that is you talk to a cat, and he basically says, <laughs> yeah. the, the cat says, <laughs> can you find all my friends? And then it's a game of hide and seek with in the cats. same village <laughs> with cats, where you have to like scour the whole village. Oh, I village. forgot about that. Of yeah. course yeah. you would think everyone would love that. Scour the whole village that's to hilarious. find these cats. I do love that part, but that's not the main reason why I love but it. But it adds it's the to why you, that you yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. And, and you basically have to go around and finding all the cats and then rounding them all up, and you get a, a reward for doing that too. And, and that actually is one thing I like about Twilight Princess, is the only Zelda game that had a cat-holding mechanic. Yeah. Where you could actually, there are cats in the world, like in the towns and in various places, and you can pick them up and you can carry them. And Link like actually holds them and they're kind of draped over his shoulder. And yeah, they kind of like around. slink around like a yeah, cat does, right? Exactly. Yeah. So he's like got them sort of draped over his shoulder and he's running around. And I remember they actually showed that mechanic in a really early trailer for Twilight Princess. I, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I have like, I have that like faint memory in the yeah. back of my mind, but that's hilarious. <laughs> but that was like a selling point is you're watching these early, like <laughs> early, just early chickens. Now you can pick up cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unlike chickens, like which help you fly, they should, you should be able to pick up a cat and then like point it at somebody and have scratch their eyes out. Or something. Yeah, that, yeah, use it as a weapon. That would be great. Or just throw it like the crazy cat lady from Simpsons. <laughs> just throw cats. Yeah, but yeah, you'd have cats and they would follow you around. There actually was even a mechanic where if there was a ball present, and there were a couple places in the game where there was a ball, if you could like kick it around, and the cats would chase after it, and it was yeah. just you know it was icing. It was just fluff, but yeah, it was, it was but great, fun stuff. So. Anyway, now let's actually listen to this song now that I've went on and on and on forever about all this stuff. This is, and one more point about this song. Um, it's, though this song is The Hidden Village, it actually does kind of a medley thing and it jumps around to sort of little snippets of other songs throughout Twilight Princess as well, which actually one thing I like about this track is that it's not just Hidden Village, but a little bit of a sampling of all the music. So this Fantastic. is Hidden Village from Twilight Symphony.
role in this game, didn't they? Wasn't there like uh, the, sh- the the bar owner? Didn't she have a cat that was oh, yeah, like that talk to you? Is yeah, because you would talk to her when you're wolf form and you yeah. converse. She was animals. like your yeah, you, almost like right. your 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 um. <laughs> I don't know, your gateway through the animal world into what was going on. Yeah, exactly. And then when you went your into guide. your human form, human form, you would go back and talk to the cat and it would just like purr Yeah, because you couldn't understand <laughs> it. But I like that. It's basically, the, this is the old man. That cat was like the old man that gives you advice. Yeah. The wise old cat. I, it's, you know, I'm, per, I'm playing Breath of the Wild now and I'm loving it so much. It makes me want to go back and like us just talking about Twilight Princess. I'm like, I should buy that HD collection or that <laughs> HD remake or well, uh, remake and go back. Here's one thing that I've probably again mentioned on the Pat podcast. It's like Twilight Princess is a game that I go back and play almost every single year. Right. I, yeah. I've you have said that more, yeah. ga- more time into Twilight Princess than I'm sure any. Do Zelda you know how many on. times you played it? Do you keep account? Well, the Wii would have keep, kept count. So Yes, I, that's I, true. And you I'm, should go back and yeah, figure it out. And I think I have about 240 hours or something in there. One that's thing mental. I, <laughs> one thing I did check, actually. So what, that might just be your regular playtime yeah, in Breath not, of the Wild. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. Well, I even checked because, of course, I bought Twilight Princess HD as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you can check on the Wii U. There's a section where you can actually check your uh, game time. Game time, so yeah. So I, I wanted to compare that. First weekend that Breath of the Wild came out, I checked my uh, Twilight Princess HD game time. Now, this is a game that I know very, very well. I've played it many, many times, right? Um, and it took me, I think, 55 hours, and that's to do everything in the game. So I'm still, and you every know, time I play and you it, know I'm, everything yeah, and I'm about still it, right? like 100%ing it. So it took yeah. me 55 hours still to do that. Wow, that's actually quite a while. That is a lot. It, it was a big it's game. It's a big game. It's a, there's a lot of little stuff, yeah. right? Oh, there's, there's a lot a of mini quests and stuff. stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm collecting every every, every little thing, doing all and... like the Cave of Ordeals and all of that stuff, right? And uh, my time after that first weekend playing Breath of the Wild, I was already up to 45 hours. In, wow. Breath of, in Breath of the Wild. And how many hours are in a weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 48. <laughs> I don't know how God, I managed. you only slept three hours? Well, well, I mean, I, I here's the explanation. Oh, no, because it was Friday. I had a four-day weekend. Yes, yeah, so because I, of the game. Because of the game. I took Friday and Monday off <laughs> because Zelda was coming out on the Friday, yeah, right? right? So it's not, it's not uncommon. No, no, I have no. friends that take days off for game launches all the time. But here's the thing, too, is that I only played the game for about four or five hours on Friday. That's all I had time to right, do. Right, because you were so tired. Because I was exhausted from doing the midnight yeah. launch. But uh, Which means that into the next three days, so I jammed. So in 36 hours, you played? 40 hours. Or no, that so doesn't three, matter. Three days, played. I worked 40 hours. <laughs> yeah. You played more hours which in is the game l- than in real life existed. Yeah. <laughs> well, which is hard because in three days I played 40 hours. And you think about it like, you know, how many days of daylight are there in a day? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Daylight doesn't matter. Yeah, when you're it, sitting in your basement playing Zelda, <laughs> what oh, does that man. got to do with anything? <laughs> and there will be, and you know, I barely scratched the surface of that game. So it's going to be a lot more hours in Breath of the Wild. Absolutely. Go, uh, going back real quick to uh, Twilight Princess, um, you mentioned it came out in 2006. The neat thing is I have my original memory card from Twilight Princess when it came out. And uh, that was one of the first big games my my wife and I played together. So we actually have our original save file and it's time stamped. So when, whenever we put it in the GameCube, it actually says, I forget when, but it was in 2007, and now we're in 2017, so it's like the 10-year <laughs> anniversary of our save Aww. file. So we, like, Breath of the I Wild. that never gets corrupted, because <laughs> those GameCube save well, cards are I finicky may, at best. I may have it backed up, because I have um, a save card that's just Zelda games, oh, Okay, and then I have two or three other ones for yeah. other stuff. And, but um, you played it on GameCube, right? Yeah, I played it on GameCube. Yeah, I wanted to mention that, because you, you didn't... Did you buy a Wii, but, and then just not buy it for it or what did you do? No, I bought it on every console that it ever came out on. So when it okay. launched on GameCube and then shortly after on Wii, I got it like the very beginning on GameCube and played through it. Right. I didn't get it on Wii till much later. It but was a hard game to find on GameCube. It yeah, was like well, limited release. At the time it wasn't, but it became, yeah. Yeah. Because the Wii launched. Yeah. But the thing is we wanted to go back on the 10 year anniversary because of course we've played Twilight Princess since. Um, and I've played through it a few times, but we wanted to do the uh, the decade anniversary of our <laughs> save file and play through and 100% it again, except now that Breath of the Wild came out, I feel like this might be our Zelda game for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. There's yeah. no time. Well, that's the thing is I probably won't get around to playing Twilight Princess this year because Breath of the Wild is eclipsing all other Zeldas at this point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, well. If uh, that's all we have to say about Twilight Princess, I will go on. There'll be more. There always will be. That's all we're saying for now. For this week, that's right. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I'll go on to my pick. So my pick this week is I went into a a remix pick. Really a mashup, uh, if we're going to be specific about our game terminology. But um, 
This is a, this came out, uh, when did, so, okay, well, when I heard this uh, was about the time of probably two summers ago, I guess. Yeah, it couldn't have come out before that. So uh, this is by, uh, this is a mashup by a guy named uh, Greg Wood. And the track is called Get Gerudo. So <laughs> you, you shared this with me once. And yes, this, I, I've, yeah. I've since added this to my regular playlist. Which is excellent, and then everyone <laughs> should. So uh, the game uh, the game that this is from is obviously Ocarina of Time. Or no, I guess not obviously, but it is. Uh, and then um, the uh, for another hint before I reveal the whole thing, the album, that <laughs> the album cover is Ganon Access Memories. So, <laughs> oh, okay. uh-huh. yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, uh, so yeah, obviously this is a mashup of, uh, get lucky from random access memories and the Gerudo Valley theme from Ocarina of Time. Well, random access memories by, by yeah, Daft Punk. Probably, Punk. Probably Daft Punk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, was, I was just about to. So, yeah. By Daft Punk. Uh, everyone knows what random access memories yeah. is, but no. So random access memories, uh, that album, that's like one of my favorite albums of, recent time, like probably the last five years. I actually bought, um, I bought that album. I walked into a store once and it was on vinyl and it was like, I just, just gotten my vinyl player yeah. and I, you know, I was starting to get into like buying stuff and I was like, I gotta buy this. And <laughs> I'm so happy I did. Cause it's actually hard to find now a little bit mm. harder to find it on vinyl. But, um, uh, I absolutely love that album. I love the get lucky track. Uh, and then when one day I was just browsing around and found this mashup and I was like, this is Mike's perfect mashup because I love the Gerudo Valley <laughs> oh, track yeah, and the, always have. Gerudo Valley theme is, is yeah, great. It's absolutely. Awesome, yeah. And um, and then Get Lucky, which I was like right into at the time. I'm like, this is Mike's per- this is this is a song <laughs> written for Mike Possible. And so uh, it would be if they wrote a biography for you. Yeah, you would just see the play button and it would be this song. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> somebody when somebody does my like photo memorial yeah, when I yeah. when I die, this will be the song that plays <laughs> really upbeat. But um, uh, one thing I want to mention that I figured out today was uh, the cover. So I said it was called Ganon Access Memories and somebody basically took the random access memories, which is just the two helmets from Daft Punk split in half and like pasted together. Mm-hmm. Somebody split it in half and they, it's half is the Daft Punk helmet and half is Ganon's face. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool. So it was done by a guy named, uh, or a guy, his name online is Demon Jello on Twitter or his actual name is Richard Demigella. Um, so about Greg, I couldn't find too much information about him. I actually tried to message him, but he uh, didn't get back to me in time. But uh, so, Greg, if you're listening to this, you should check your SoundCloud messages more often. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's from Boston, Massachusetts. I know that. And uh, he plays p- piano and guitar. Occasionally he'll sing and produces all sorts of music from vocal covers to ambient hip hop and instrumentals. Um, and you can check him out on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. So let's have a listen to Get Gerudo.
doesn't that song make you want to sing the lyrics over top of it? Well, okay. Well, that's a perfect lead into what I was about to say. So, um, what that, what we just listened to is actually what, what he kind of called, what Greg kind of called like the pre-release version or the unfinished version of this song. Okay. Um, so when you go to his SoundCloud page, this is actually the one that's listed, the one we just listened to, and it's got thousands of listens like it, it blew up and it's like you know that thing where there's like co- where you can comment at a certain time yeah, there's like yeah. a little marker it's just con- it's just yeah. a solid line of comments <laughs> <laughs> so people loved it um and i actually prefer this version in the finished version uh, as as he released it is a little bit longer and has a little bit of the vocals okay. in it but i actually prefer the instrumental version where it's just the beats matched together yeah so that's what i really like about it i haven't um, heard the other one but i tend to agree with you i think yeah i i think if you heard it well you would without, you yeah. would agree with me yeah. um and then uh, the one other thing I wanted to uh, mention was that just to, I talked about how much I love um, Random Access Memories to talk about how much I love uh, Grudel Valley. I think I might have mentioned this one time, but in high school, I like became obsessed with it. it just this, the particular song. I was listening to it all the day. It was on my on my iPod. And uh, I used to get into school really early because my dad used to drop me off just instead of taking the bus. And so I would always go in the music room and I would just practice or play around or whatever. And there was like I got it in my head. I was like, I need to learn the chord structure of Gerudo Valley. So I just like kept repeating it in my head and like trying different chords until I like pretty much got it. So I just spent like a morning and then I never did anything with that, but it was just like, yeah, this is a good way to spend a morning trying to learn to play Gerudo Valley. That's right. funny. Cause I, I have like similar events in my life where it's like, you know, I've tried to teach myself an instrument or learn to play a certain song and yeah. usually a video game song, like multiple yeah. video game songs that I can actually still to this day play a few like like the melody, at least exactly, on, on yeah. piano, because with I Steph, it's uh, on piano. She has like it's one of the Final Fantasies, yeah. one of the songs for Final Fantasies. It's the last thing she can play because <laughs> <laughs> you know she, we both took piano lessons. But the one thing you remember is the video game song. Yeah, you can exactly. Play. For me, it's uh, the Charlie Brown uh, theme. <laughs> that's the only thing I can play. So, uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's all I have to say about uh, Get Gerudo. So great track, and uh, go yeah, go give Greg Wood some love on uh, on SoundCloud. Let him know people are still listening to the song. All these years later, <laughs> right on. Get him to make some more music, and yeah, and I hope. Yeah, tell him to yeah, tell him it. in the comments to make more Zelda Zelda Daft Punk mashups. That's what I want. And to check his messages. Yeah, check your <laughs> message. Yeah, <laughs> I want everybody listening to this. Was like I don't know, ten of you to go out there and put a comment on the song. Check your messages. <laughs> That'd be funny. All right. So uh, normally we I would talk about what I've been playing, but we every episode this month uh, we're going to be talking about what we've been playing and we're going to be mixing it in with everything because it's Breath of the Wild. We know what we've been playing. We're all playing Breath of the Wild. That's all we can talk about. It's all we all we can think about it. We can we, barely eat, sleep, or work. Yeah, exactly. We've been talking about, yeah, we were talking about at yeah. lunch how we can't really work because all we can think about is Breath <laughs> of the Wild. Aaron's trying to have Breath of the Wild dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I'm like intensely concentrating on Zelda before I fall asleep. So yeah. Hasn't worked yet. I'm, I'm still not. Oh, uh, one day. Yeah. It'll... They say if you, they, I don't know, they, I've heard that, that if you like really try and focus on something you want to dream about before you fall asleep, sometimes it'll work. Yeah. The trick is to fall asleep with a controller in your hand. Yeah, that's well, right. You know, actually, I could just, I could just put the, I could put Breath of the Wild on the Wii U gamepad and just fall asleep playing it. Yeah. 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 It just well, it's funny because I've been, I've been telling Steph like, because uh, I usually play like, I get home and then my girlfriend goes to bed and then I play and because uh, she's playing while she's awake and um, <laughs> <laughs> every single moment while she's awake. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, I've been playing until I can no longer play. So like what hap- what's happening is I'm playing and I'm actually falling asleep with the controller <laughs> in my hand and I'll wake up and Link will be just walking into like a tree or something and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I should probably go to bed now. <laughs> That's how I've been playing Breath of the Wild. So we're going to skip that part for this for this series of episodes and we'll still have the game on the fourth episode, but, uh, for the giveaway to go into the giveaway, uh, I mentioned that, um, for the times where we don't have something to talk about, I'm going to be giving away stuff from the, the humble bundle that I bought. And, uh, this week, uh, it's something we can all talk on, which is world of goo, uh, which was a great game. Yeah. So I think we've all played it. And, yeah, uh, well, I mean, actually, it was uh, one of the early WiiWare launch titles. Yes, it was. And it yeah. was heavily marketed as such. Like, it was almost like a flagship WiiWare title. Like, yeah, absolutely. It was the poster child for yeah. WiiWare. Exactly, yeah. exactly. When it launched on WiiWare, it was a little bit more money than most shovelware titles on there. And you kind of looked at it, and you're like, I... I you know, I haven't found a lot of great games on WiiWare yet because at the time there was a lot of garbage out there. And it's like, do I really want to spend a few extra bucks on this title? Yeah. 
and I believe it was heavily regarded, and it was well worth the money. Yeah, and you said shovelware, but in no way is this is World not of goo shovelware. No, 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 and it has since been released for many different platforms. I think but, it's pretty much on everything now. Yeah, but yeah. I do have to say that the Wii was the best place to play it. Like the the pointer controls for it. Yeah, so this is interesting because I uh, my friend bought it on the Wii. Mm-hmm really early, like right when it launched and I saw it and I was like, that's cool. But it was, it was a little more expensive and I was like, "Ah, I don't know if it's for me. And then, uh, what happened was I actually bought it on my iPhone, which also worked very well. It's very similar, like a touchscreen or pointer controls are similar in, in feel. And, um, I bought it actually right before I went on a trip to Europe. And in that trip, there was a lot of long bus rides and, you know, waiting around and, my God, was I happy I had that. And uh, one of my one of my uh, fondest memories was playing it um, just on the bus, like for hours where we, we had this one day where it was like, I think it was seven hours on the bus. Uh, girlfriend straight to sleep. And I was like, well, I, I can't, I don't nap well. So I was just like, well, I guess it's World of Goo time. So I had those <laughs> ear, there is earbuds in and just played World of Goo for like, Six it's, hours. Uh, or we talk about what it, the game is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I was just you said you had the earbuds in, and I was going to yeah. speak to the soundtrack. Yeah, it has a very like sort of a Danny Elfman feel to it. Yeah. It's oh, a it really does. good, really good soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, but the game itself is sort of a puzzle based, um, it's like, like a, a cr- physics physics based kind of thing. Like yeah, it, like yeah. Uh, you build structures, structures, yes. bridges, yeah. towers. Yeah, and yeah, gravity is a factor. So. Yeah. Yes. You're, and so if you build too high, things yeah. start to tip and tilt and There's, and it's, it's got, I, I guess I would call it like gummy physics. Yeah. Like things aren't, you don't like Springy. place like, yeah, you don't place like rigid pillars. Like yeah, it's goo, everything's gooey. Yeah. yeah. The, the, so the world of goo is like, you start with a pile of little, these little glue, goo blobby characters and uh, they got these cute little voices and you just grab them and you start like snapping them together to build, um, you know, structures. It's like blobby tinker toys. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. So you're usually building like you're building across a gap or yeah. you're building up to reach a height. And so if you build up, if you build up, like if you kind of build sloppily, it things will start to tilt and then yeah. you try and counterweight it and then you try and counterweight it. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like gooey Jenga. And the object <laughs> is to build like a bridge from like point A to point B. Essentially, yeah. you've got these characters that need to get to like from one pipe to another. Pipe exactly. And they need to travel along your structures. So yeah. And so usually you have more goo balls than you need, but a certain amount need to get into the pipe. So yeah. you can't be. You can't be, uh, you know, reckless with your building and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes there's obstacles. There'll be blades in the way that'll like slice your goo balls up if you hit them yeah. and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good levels. And uh, there's kind of a story to it. It's a little weird. There's but <laughs> definitely a story. And I remember the game being way longer than I thought in a, yeah. good, in a good way. Because yeah, a game sure. like that, you feel like it's going to be a short, like you're done in 20, 30 minutes. But I felt like it was a much bigger game. Yeah, and every every level is kind of a new puzzle, which yeah. is fun. That's yeah, the like, that's the good part. Go to fun different, part about it. There's like different worlds, and every world has like a bit of a different theme. You know, like a factory world, or a and like a really cool art style overall. Yeah, like I remember there was this like you go in the stomach of this monster for a level. <laughs> Do you, I don't know. It was I, weird. It was yeah. a long time ago. Like yeah. I played that when the Wii launched. So yeah, I highly recommend this game. But yeah, so that's a a great pick for our giveaway, and. Uh, how do you enter that giveaway? Same as always. Hop on Twitter and t- retweet, like, make, leave a comment, anything. Follow. I don't care. Anything <laughs> on Twitter. It all, it's all good. Uh, show us that, some love. And show some us way, some love, yeah. and uh, that gets you an entry. The other way is to um, leave us a review on iTunes or on SoundCloud, or a comment on SoundCloud also counts. And, uh, yeah, that's how you enter. And so the two games so far are uh, Sword and Sorcery and World of Goo, two great indie games. Um, and then if you just want to reach out, you can always reach us at Twitter at VGM Generations or uh, hit us up at our email address, VGM Generations at gmail.com. And that is all for this week, and we will catch you next week.